Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So it is Ottawa, somewhat surprisingly in front of Montreal, 18-10 at the half as the week gets underway in the CFL. Traditional Labor Day weekend matchups ahead. Winnipeg at Saskatchewan on Sunday, Toronto at Hamilton on Monday, and right here on 6.30, Chet Elks at Stampeders. 1 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will be at 2.30. I will have a live edition of Inside Sports after the points after show. It is uh, Harry Ainley rolling at foot field. Jake Gelhart, 87-yard pick six with five minutes left. Ainley up 31-6 on St. Francis in a rematch of last year's Brian Fryer Tier 1 final. And a big crowd there, most of them supporting Harry Ainley, so that's probably helping the Titans as well. So they are going to win that game to get the uh, high school season. That that is awesome. They're starting the high school season with a, uh, well, I I guess Harry Ainley. There have been some other games. Harry Ainley, uh, offensive quarter Brock Ralph was on the show the other night saying they played Raymond, but this is kind of the, the the kickoff game. I mean, the kids are back in school, and Ainley is rolling up 31-6 late in the fourth quarter. Baseball tonight. The Blue Jays, it is still 2-0, leading the Pirates. That's now in the bottom of the seventh. The Blue Jays getting both their runs in the uh, top of the fourth inning, so they're looking for a win there. Ryan Murray was on the show earlier. He was signed by the Oilers, defenseman, drafted by Columbus, also played for New Jersey. Last year was with Colorado, played 37 games in the regular season. Uh, as has often been a problem for Murray, he was a little banged up last year, did not play in the postseason. I think a pretty good addition by Edmonton as uh, a depth defenseman, maybe somebody who can spell in and out. And he kind of gave a scouted report of himself earlier, talked that he can uh, move the puck and maybe doesn't score a ton, but he can get the puck up to other players. So I think that's a pretty safe signing there by Ken Holland and crew. And the uh, news for the Elks we've talked about, pretty significant. David Beard traded away. I uh, briefly conversed uh, with David this morning. Didn't really see this one coming, but off he goes to Hamilton along with a fourth rounder in 2023. Jesse Gibbon, offensive lineman, also Canadian, and a second rounder in 2023 coming to the Edmonton Elks as uh, they get set to take on Calgary on Monday. The the Labor Day, like I was talking about the Labor Day game. Somebody wrote in and said, hey, how much are you looking forward to it? I always look forward to it. It's been a tough go. For Edmonton, they they had lost eight in a row until winning 32-20 last year. Even if you factor in the victory last year, I actually got to count this to make sure I'm right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Uh, the Stamps have won 12 of the last 15 games on Labor Day. Even with that, Edmonton leads the all-time series, 30 wins. For them, 29 for Calgary, and there's been one game that was a tie. That was in 1978. They tied 28-28. Didn't play overtime then. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for the Elks for sure. But sometimes crazy things happen. 780-496-0063. Is it Dave we have calling in? Oh, Dave Campbell's on the line. It's actually – okay. Oh, this is a nice uh, nice surprise. Dave, how are you doing? Well, 
I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Are you subbing in for Blake? Is that did we trade Blake to Hamilton as well? I you know, I'm not sure. Um I gotta look at the CFL transaction space to see if in game analysts make that list. Or or for car analysts. For, for that matter. Uh, no, I figured I, I, I'd give you a shout and uh, help you out here so we can get a hold of Blake. Well, what did you make of this deal? And I it, I guess for a lot of fans, because I've got, like, I actually had one uh, listener and a big Edmonton sports supporter. I mean, loves the Elks, loves the Oilers, follows a lot of other teams like the Oil Kings and U of A. And he, he said, like, he goes, I know I'm going to watch when Monday comes around, but this makes me feel like I don't want to watch because I, I think... I would argue that Lyon, Costigan, and Beard, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you're around the team, I, I would argue that's three of the Elks' six or seven best players, and, they, and they've all been traded this week. Um, now, it sounds like a pretty good player is coming back today. So what what's your view? Let's start with the Beard deal here. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think there are a number of factors here. Let me get the emotional part out of the way first. David Beard was a great it is a great story just because he's treated doesn't change the fact that he was a second round draft pick out of the u of a 2015 i think a pick that seemed very high for him at the time but he played into a second round pick and i would say his value is is a first round pick so great off the field loved edmonton if you you know i know you go to every home almost every home game you see the the, all the times that David Beard goes to the crowd and sees family and friends, and um, he is loved here, and he loves this city. This is the hometown team. So here we are with a 3-8 and eight team, a team that has lost 4-5, or five, a team that is likely not going to the playoffs. You know, and when you have someone in the building that is perhaps almost as good to just as good as you are, that's going to put the starter in a bit of jeopardy, even though he was a starter beside him, and that's Mark Corday. Okay, he played center all of last season with Ottawa and was was far and away their best offensive lineman. And then he signed here, played guard, played not too bad. But then he, we see him two weeks ago in Ottawa because David Beard is on COVID protocol, and he played really, really well. And the offense moved the ball uh, as effectively as they did at any point in the season. So he can do the job. Secondly, it clears money. Between Mark Corday and David Beard, they make $400,000 on that line. You take Beard out, that's almost $200,000 that, that is gone. So that helps for the, for the cap. Uh, thirdly, they get younger. They get Corday, who is already 26, but they get Jesse Gibbon, who is the, the second overall pick in Hamilton in 2019, and he's 25. Now, I spoke with someone today that is very close with the Ticat organization and, uh, and said to me, I, he's a good kid. He's a local kid in Hamilton. Um, got beat out for the center job this year, but someone that could probably be an everyday starter, maybe not an all-star, but someone that could definitely go on the offensive line at some point, hopefully soon, and uh, and be the player uh, that you know is worth a second overall pick. Not overly physical, kind of tech, you know, very good technically. That that kind of thing. So that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, how he can translate on the line. I don't know if he starts right away. Um, another factor is that they want Thomas Jack Cordilla, their first-round pick in 2020. Chris Jones says, I want to look at him as our starting right guard. So let's see what he can do. David Foucault's the starting left guard. And you got Martez Ivy at left tackle. And you got, uh, looks like, Andrew Barnett again, or Garnett, sorry, at right tackle. But they're the Americans. 
But Chris Jones, who didn't draft Jack Cordilla, knows that he's a good player, realizes that there's some clout with this kid. But let's see if he can start. Now he's going to be evaluated under the eyes of the current regime. So there's a number of factors here that, that played into it. And I think the, the last and most important 2023 draft is considered very, very good, very, very deep. And you look what Chris Jones has acquired this week, another third, the second rounder that he lost in the supplemental draft when he took Jamin Pelly out of the USC Dinos and a very good defensive lineman who has, has got upside. So, you know, we get upset because we lose players that we recognize and love. And I agree with you. I mean, I think Thomas Costigan's good, but, you know, I, I think there's other Thomas Costigans around. The one that bothers me right now is Defeat Lion because I don't know when they can find an upgrade for him because I don't think he was as good as last year, but I don't think he was that bad. But I think with David Beard, the thing is, is that they're 3-8 and eight and on a line, he played on a line that gave up a lot of sacks this year. Not that necessarily it was, it was his fault, but they were three and eight with them. So what can they be without him? You know, and they do have the, they do have the player in house that could replace them. So number of factors, but you know, the individual we're going to miss very, very much because David Beard's of high character and, and a very good player. And uh, he will be, he'll be weird not to see him in green and gold for sure. Well, yeah, and, and I believe he was traveling to Hamilton today. They play Monday, as do the Elks. So you, you don't expect Jesse Gibbon to be in the lineup. I, I assume he's going to get here tomorrow. Uh, what, yep. about the, what about the guy we traded for earlier this week, uh, Avery Ellis, the defensive lineman from uh, yeah. Montreal? He spoke today. He actually, I believe he came into the full mid-practice today. So he kind of had a little bit of issues getting to, uh, to Edmonton, but he's here now, and uh, you know, we'll see if he factors in. Um, but, you know, he spoke about basically being surprised that he got traded, but I think every athlete's surprised. But he's happy to be uh, here and, get, and given an opportunity. I think uh, he's got a chance to be a starter right away. I don't know if it happens on Monday, but, you know, he's no slouch. I mean, you know, he's got 22 career defensive uh, quarterbacks, over 140 defensive tackles, and when that career comes to the you know, if you asked him the other day, I mean, when he mentioned I saw him at the, what, the East-West game or something like that, his knowledge base about players is, is unbelievable. So, you know, some of them he's obviously had an eye on for a while and he had a chance to, to trade for him. So if Avery Ellis can be as good as Thomas Koskin or better, that, that's a win. Um, so I will see tomorrow when they practice their final practice day at Clark um, what the uh, alignment is on the defensive line. I know Mac Henry is out uh, with that calf issue, so I expect Jim and Pelly to replace him. And then on the other side, you got Matt Thomas. So we'll see if Avery Ellis can just slide in and and uh, and and go into uh, go into the lineup right away. All right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this shakes out on Monday. Like I said, we know the Elks are uh, are an underdog. Calgary's big storyline is Jake Mayer starting in place of uh, Bo Levi Mitchell and the, the Stamps having. I guess the the issue for the, the the issue for the Stamps is is not questioning whether or not they're a good team. Yeah. Because there are they are. Uh, the question for the Stamps is, can they beat a team above them in the standings? Because I do not yeah. believe they have done that this year. No, they've beaten on teams that, um, I think this was, what, the team in 2019 or 2018 with Edmonton, how they beat up on, I think 19, they beat up on everyone behind them, but they couldn't beat anyone above them, right? So, and that's what the, that's what the Stampeders are right now. And, you know, 
I know they played three good games against Winnipeg, and they could have beat them, but they didn't. And then they were uh, beaten in a shootout with when Nathan Rourke was still healthy with the with the BC Lions. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be favored to beat the Elks, and honestly, they should beat the Elks. And it's the unknown factor that's going to hopefully play in there for, for Elks fans especially, that, uh, you know, maybe there's a way that they can actually win that game. But, you know, for, for Calgary, they're just trying to, they're just trying to scratch wins here, and they see an opportunity perhaps with BC, and we don't know how long Vernon Adams is going to take to uh, get into that lineup. I mean, their next game is next Friday, a week today, so will he factor in that game? But they got they got a chance to get two wins against their rival, and uh, and improve their standing for sure. But uh, you know, it may not necessarily be easy for Calgary as well. You know, Chris Jones is going to find. He's very good at finding ways to frustrate other quarterbacks, and he usually finds a way to do that. I mean, if you look again, it drives me crazy every time I look back at it a couple of times how well they played basically for four quarters or three quarters. That second quarter was a disaster. You know, basically from the time late in the first when they failed on that third down try to the end of the half was absolutely dreadful. But you look at the other three quarters, and the Elks were, you know, they they carried the play. But yeah, it's uh, you know this is a this is a team in Calgary that uh, they they want to find out as well. Is Jake Mayer our answer now, or is Bo Levi Mitchell still factoring in? I mean, we don't know that answer yet. Even though Jake Mayer has has definitely shown some very good things, but you know we haven't seen enough. Of it. I mean, I, I like to remind everyone as well, and win-loss record for quarterbacks is, you know, kind of maybe a skewed stat for a quarterback, but he has one in three as a starter. So he wants to win more games, clearly. And the Stampeders are trying to find out whether he's their future or not because I don't think that question is even close uh, to being answered at this answered at this point because you never know if Bolivar Mitchell is going to factor in again. And what if he factors in Monday? You never know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I don't feel – I know there's a lot of talk. Well, they're moving on from Bo. Well, coaches <laughs> never move on from anybody if they st- no. still think he might be able to help. Like if they were – they didn't cut him, right? So no. they still know no, they, they might, you might play. If you're on the roster, you might play. You might have to help. It's You know, and, and, and it kind of is – it kind of plays into what happened this week where Dave Dickinson – knows what he's going to get from Bo Levi Mitchell. He's seen this before and seen this before many, many times. I've seen Bo struggle. I've seen Bo struggle. I've seen Bo come out of struggle. But now he's seen Bo struggle, struggle, struggle. Oh, boy. That game in Toronto was, that's probably one of the worst games I've ever seen Bo Levi Mitchell play from a decision-making standpoint and from a mechanic standpoint. It was not good. So what does Dave Dickinson do? Well, I've seen this before, and I could stay with it. But I got to someone else on the bench. That may be an answer here. Go ahead, Jake Mayer. You know, you know what he was? He wasn't that much better than Bo Levi Mitchell, except for one thing. He played clean. And if you could have that one, that big difference where, okay, so maybe the player is at the level of the guy I'm replacing, but if you can give me just a little bit more production, if you can get me one more, one more sack, one more knockdown, one more pick, one more tackle for a loss, one more big tackle on second down, maybe that could change the difference of the, uh, you know, the, the, the course of a game. And I think that's what coaches look for. 
Dave, I'll keep an eye out on your uh, reporting from practice tomorrow and look forward to uh, listening to the broadcast on uh, Monday afternoon. I, you know, I, I did say this about Chris Jones. It will not be boring. No. It will It will not be boring. Unfortunately, the, no. it has not been victorious most of this year, but it, is, it has not been boring. We're, to, we're talking about him and the moves he makes. So uh, we'll see what painful. that translates to. Like, this is painful. This is really, really painful, and it's really, really stinks. But there's more going on right now than W's and L's. And, and this is about future. It's also about now. But it's also about stocking the cupboard for the future. And we'll see what happens, Ben. He's got some draft capital now. And that's, that's something you want to have when you have a deep draft coming up in 23. It may not be as sexy people because they don't know it, but as well as other drafts perhaps. But um, Chris Jones knows it. And, uh, boy, he's got, a, he's got a lot of draft. He has traded for so many picks this season. I think I counted seven in total. Of uh, the picks, he's traded a couple too, but I think he's traded for about six or seven picks this year in that draft alone. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Dave, thanks for hopping on, buddy. We'll see you soon. Oh, always happy to, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right, that's Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, Elks color analyst for our broadcast here on 630 Chet, joining me on Inside Sports. It's over at Foot Field. Harry Ainley will go into the season ranked number one in high school football, a decisive 31-14 win over the St. Francis Browns from Calgary. Back in a couple of minutes. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chet. Oh, I love that intro. That's, uh, what is that, Derek? Lost Cause by Black Pistol Fire? Yes, sir. That is a great intro to a song. Absolutely love that. Thanks for checking out the show tonight. Inside Sports on 630, Chad. 21-13, Ottawa leading Montreal. Eight minutes left in the third quarter. Friday night football to take you into the Labor Day uh, weekend. Ottawa looking pretty good tonight. I thought Montreal was going to take this one. They still might, but Ottawa looking very, very good. The Oilers news today. Defenseman Ryan Murray signs on for one year, $750,000. He joined me in the first half hour of Inside Sports, and uh, I said, hey, Ryan, give me a scouting report of yourself. Tell me about your game. Yeah, I think I skate pretty well. I think I move the puck pretty well and, um, you know, just try to make make good plays, obviously, and make, uh, you know, make good passes, kind of pass first guy a bit. But, uh, no, just kind of try to take care of my own end and jump into the rush and, and do what I can, uh, do what I can offensively to pitch in when I when I get the opportunity. So um, I've kind of been a kind of been a bit of a different player on different teams with, with you know different roles and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of a uh, a guy that can you know hopefully move the puck well for the guys. And um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of great players up front there with the Oilers, and hopefully I can get into their hands here uh, uh, just a few times. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, full interview uh, available on 630Ched.com or through the Inside Sports Podcast. We'll try to slip in another cut or two from that interview as we move along tonight. Well, this is a great Friday night guest coming up after the 730 News. He is, his name is Mick Ozzie. He is uh, a sports enthusiast, and he's, he's involved on, on various media platforms, lives in Edmonton from Australia. He's been interviewed by Warren Moon which is pretty cool. I've interviewed Warren Moon. He's been interviewed by Warren Moon. Uh, He can talk about the CFL, NFL, Australian rules football. We're going to get his story and his insight and probably have some laughs when we get back.